you do not have an option to ignore your personal brand anymore. So basically, I am platform agnostic. I need to know how to build brand everywhere. So, and if someone comes to me, I need to know where their ideal audience will be. I, I need to know how to capitalize on every platform, like whether it's Twitter or Quora or Facebook, like whatever's happening, I'm paying attention to it. But around that time is when I started noticing the shift that was happening on LinkedIn. Welcome to episode 53 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. You just heard Brittany Crystal. She is a personal branding expert, specifically when it comes to building that brand on LinkedIn. And I had to have her on after I learned about her and what she does because I am big on personal branding, not just on LinkedIn, on all of the social media platforms, but LinkedIn is my favorite because that's where the decision makers are. That's where the people who are not afraid to spend money in their business hang out. So LinkedIn is my number one driver of revenue in my business when it comes to the social media platforms. And it's all because I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn building my personal brand. And that's exactly what Brittany and I talk about in this episode. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this for like a month and a half now. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you because I am always preaching to my clients and people who follow me that you have to be branding yourself as an expert in your industry. And specifically for people who are B2B, I'm like, you have to be doing this on LinkedIn because it's huge. And you are like the branding LinkedIn expert. So I'm so excited to have you on. So before we like really get into strategy, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. And if people want to see how hot you are, they can check you out on Instagram because your Instagram is fire. Thank you so much. I will start. (laughs) I'm like, I have so much to say to what you just said. How's that for an intro, Brittany? It's amazing. I need to have you follow me around everywhere. So just for everybody's context, I'm a personal brand and growth expert with almost a decade of experience in personal brand strategy and content development online. I help people. I'm an expert at positioning and growing personal brands online that help you get real life results. And I really specialize in working with high level entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial minded professionals who need to build their personal brands quickly, efficiently and effectively. Because at the end of the day, like you were just saying about everyone needing to build your personal brand. You have a personal brand, but I understand all of the excuses I hear that you're busy running a business or you're in high pressure or high power positions or you have kids. And so I teach people methods that are effective and also get the job done so you don't have to only be creating content in your free time. Um, Just also, I have a podcast on influence called Beyond Influential, and I have worked just in like in terms of my background. I was someone who grew up, I guess Facebook came around when I was in college. So basically I thought I was going to be a lawyer. A lawyer was the safe route. I became a lawyer and I quit right away. I was super interested in working in the entertainment industry because TV and movies and that sort of thing was exactly where the attention is. TV had my attention. And then after a slew of 
pretty negative jobs in Hollywood. I ended up at, if people are familiar with your, um, with Gary Vee and VaynerMedia and that world, I ended up at VaynerMedia when I was looking for, I just wanted to switch into marketing and branding. I was actually studying for the GMAT and just my now fiance had sent me a Gary Vee tweet and this was in 2014. It was like, you should look into this guy. I just pretty much randomly applied for a job there and got a job in the LA office. And long story short, met Gary at the Christmas party, thought I was overqualified for what I did. He moved me to New York because he was about to get serious about his personal brand. And I was going to treat that year like my MBA year. And the goal was to pitch him a startup idea that he would invest in at the end of that year. And instead, I ended up falling in love with the personal branding side of things and really learning just everything it could possibly take to grow a brand online. And then I I worked on the personal branding arm of that agency because I knew I needed to be able to replicate it for others. And then I started my own business in May of 2017. So at this point, depending on the release of this episode, it'll be over the two year mark. And I just love what I do. And like we're going to get into, you do not have an option to ignore your personal brand anymore. No, you do not. And there's a couple of reasons why people should listen to her because there's lots of people online who claim to be experts at what they do and they really don't know what the hell they're doing. But let me tell you two things about Brittany. <laughs> One, she worked for Gary Vee at VaynerMedia. So clearly she knows what she's doing. And two, she practices what she preaches. And this is something that I like scream to people because in Brittany, you probably see the same thing. Like so many people, some people are good at marketing, but they're not mm -hmm. actually good at doing what they market themselves to be, I guess, is a way to say yes. it. Like, there are so many people who are selling shit and they do not practice what they preach and people are wasting their money. So, like, if you want to know if this is the right person we should look at for personal branding, like, don't even just look at her history and that she works for Gary Vee, but, like, look at her own personal brand online and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, this person can teach me about personal branding. Um, so I love that you practice what you preach and you don't just talk about personal branding. You actually, like, do it. Um, so tell us a little bit about, before we get into that, tell us why you left VaynerMedia and why you started your own business. Because everybody has their own kind of crazy story. I knew at a certain point that I wanted to work for myself. I think it was just job after job that I was going down this rabbit hole. And I think we are trained to be employees. I know the school system kind of trains us to be a certain way. And I'm somebody, I graduated early from college because I was like, oh, these courses overlap. Why do I need to take four years? And I feel like a lot of the industries I was putting myself in, like law, it's like, you need to do this for seven years until whatever happens. And then maybe you make partner. And all of those things never sat right with me. I loved, listen, as far as jobs, go. I, Gary, working for Gary and working for VaynerMedia was hands down the best job I've ever had. He's the best boss I've ever had. But at the end of the day, I know when I work best. And I just, I knew that I wanted to take on my own clients, my own projects. I really need my autonomy and freedom to be happy. And now I know that in just any kind of job. And I'm kind of a workaholic anyway. Like I don't need to be watched. And so just going to a job and needing to be there by a certain time and needing to sit there at a certain time, like I'd be sitting around at, and this is like at any job at an office, I know when I'm productive. And so if my productivity is kind of done by the end of the day, we only have so much time and energy and effort in us. 
And then you're sitting there for five hours kind of waiting for the clock to run out so you don't look like you're leaving early. And it's way more about appearances and not so much about execution. And I'm somebody who's always asking why. I'm curious about why for myself or why things are done a certain way and I want to improve it. And I just feel like in someone else's system, it's not always welcome. <laughs> it's not always welcome to question the status quo. And it's not a, like there's a lot of things that go into office politics. And even when it comes to like open office environments and where people work best, I just knew that I could get more done on my own, depending on what it is I wanted. But, you know, I know the entrepreneurship thing is super hot right now. I wouldn't have known what I'd wanted and what makes me happy and what works for me if I didn't go through having those jobs. Because there's so many people now who just want to like go out and start something and they have no idea what they want to start. And it's like, I think you need the experience. You need to know what you like and what you don't like and what type of people you like working with. And I'm still learning in my own, you know, in my own business and I'm taking things away from what I've learned. But I just knew it. I can't even describe it. Just I just reached a certain point where I was like, I want to, like, let's see what I can do on my own. <laughs> I have a very similar story. So I totally relate. And then when you went off on your own, did you go straight to personal branding? And then how did LinkedIn come into play? Because you're also big on LinkedIn as well. And I know, obviously, LinkedIn is where you personally brand yourself professionally. So tell us how it all started and kind of evolved to what you're doing now, because now your your business model has kind of shifted from the beginning. Yeah, so I fell in love with personal branding when I was working directly with Gary. On the Vayner talent side, I knew I needed to work with other people to, because Gary, in my head, I was like, okay, like this guy is charismatic. He likes the camera. You know, he has been making content for years. I need to be able to do this with people who either have regular jobs or maybe aren't, in quotes, natural, you know, natural born ham types. And so the Vayner talent model was, uh, is pretty much, a $30,000 a month product where we do for clients or we did for clients what, and they still do what they did for Gary, where you make like a month's worth of content really from, I got to a point where I could take somebody like a high powered individual for an hour or two hours, make let's say four long form pieces of video content. And from that I could dissect it and make a month's worth of content. And so I was doing that from like August, 2017 until I left. And the thing that made the jump easiest, and I think this is kind of what, what just really eased things is that two clients who were Vayner talent clients wanted to keep me on their side, on the brand side. So when I left, I actually more than replaced my Vayner salary with people who where now I was actually approving Vayner's work. <laughs> and so I actually like kind of jumped right into consulting with with built-in clients. And then at that time, I also took on, I don't know if you're familiar with Marie Forleo. I am. Who also had, so I worked for Marie Forleo too, and I was working with her team and consulting with her during that year, basically the end of 2017, going into the B-School launch of uh, 2018. I've worked with Tom Billy, who's another um, big entrepreneur who has a show Impact Theory. And basically I was working for, this again comes back to the scaling your time and figuring out what you like. I realized during that time that I wasn't built to just work for a team anymore. I didn't want to work full time on, you know, a few consulting clients. I felt like that was a time for money exchange that I was doing. I needed to cut my teeth. And I knew at that point, after a certain amount of time, 
leaving Vayner, how much I knew and how much I actually could get done. So kind of all of those things started happening. And just like you said, I practice what I preach. And, you know, if I'm consulting these people on doing this stuff and they're either not listening to me, I, I need to be able to back up what I'm saying and show that it works. So I started my podcast in the fall of uh, 2017, which is something that I just wanted to do forever because I knew I had experience and nobody was asking the questions that I wanted to as it, when it came to influence. And so I put out, I still do every Wednesday. I put out an episode every week because I know consistent content makes a huge difference. And during that time too, like is when I started. So basically I am platform agnostic. I need to know how to build brand everywhere. So, and if someone comes to me, I need to know where their ideal audience will be. I, I need to know how to capitalize on every platform, like whether it's Twitter or Quora or Facebook, like whatever's happening, I'm paying attention to it. But around that time is when I started noticing the shift that was happening on LinkedIn. I'm not one of these people who was using LinkedIn forever. LinkedIn was one of those things where I, you know, tweak my resume when it was time for me to leave to another job. And then I basically was posting content there for, you know, for clients at the time. And I noticed the shift in the algorithm and then they introduced native video and pretty much all of the people kind of behind the scenes working in marketing were like, now is the time to start paying attention to LinkedIn. And I started posting there, like, I'm not talking like the, a fraction of the time that I would spend on Instagram, like maybe a couple times a week. And it would be around maybe the length of a tweet, just kind of engaging and doing whatever. And I was getting a ton of traction. And I was like, this is it, like stuff's going on here. And uh, I mean, we can get into why that's happening and what's happened, but they've really shifted their attention to content and really promoting that and bringing more people into the platform. And there's so much white space right now. Pretty much everybody that you'd want to reach is actually using the platform or coming back to the platform. All of those decision makers and all of these people that people are trying to reach on Instagram these people are here and people it's not oversaturated with content yet. And if you're strategic, you can really use it to build whatever you want. Like I didn't think that I was going to be my own, basically my own brand necessarily, but like within a few months of posting on LinkedIn, I was getting asked to do speaking engagements. I actually switched. I was going to develop a completely different course first based on the Gary model that I learned, like based on what, you know, what I had come up with. And I was like, no, people need to know how to do this on LinkedIn because now is the time this, this just works and it's for minimal effort. So for the people who are super busy, but want to grow their brand, LinkedIn, just the place they have great SEO juice. It's, it's a professional platform, but you don't need to treat it as professional as I think people think that they need to treat it. You don't need to be an expert to use it. It just takes so much less time and it gives you so much more bang for your effort. It's like, why not use it? And people Google you, it comes up in the first three searches pretty much for everyone anyway. Like that's just a base you can have covered. Yeah. I love LinkedIn for, you mentioned like, that's where the decision makers are. Like you can cut through the crap and like get straight to the person that you need to talk to on LinkedIn. And people are on LinkedIn for business. Like they're on LinkedIn for something professional. It's very different from every other platform, even though you can do business on other yep. platforms. And even though you can get personal on LinkedIn as well, it just has a whole different feeling. And I love it. I love LinkedIn. And people, and people already know about LinkedIn. It's not like I'm, I mean, we saw this with Snapchat a few years ago where people are trying to convince people to get on Snapchat. 
So people don't realize that LinkedIn is changing, which is what I've been doing a ton of education around because it's not just telling people the strategy. It's also explaining to them what's happening and why they need to pay attention to it now. But this platform is older than Facebook and YouTube. Like people are there. It's got over 600 plus million professionals. Four or five, four of five of those members drive business decisions. It's like, this is where people are. And now that like native video is introduced and people are moving back to it and actively using it. It's like the world is your oyster, especially for people who capitalize on it. I don't know. It's just like, to me, it's such an obvious win for, for people who don't know where to start. It's, it's so easy. Can you tell us about some branding mistakes that people are making, not just on social, but also on LinkedIn? Because I feel like when it comes to personal branding, well, branding in general, I feel like people are like, oh, it's a logo. It's what your website looks like. But it's so much more than that. So can you kind of, I guess, bust some myths or tell us some mistakes that you constantly see? And then we'll go in how to fix all of that mess. 100%. So I'll just run you through, I have, I call them my three laws of branding. And it, this is what makes any personal brand, or even if it's not a personal brand successful, like this is what needs to happen. There's number one clarity. So that's the internal clarity, which is knowing who you are, knowing why you do what you do, knowing who you want to speak to. And then external clarity is making sure that that message is actually communicated and we'll go into some of the biggest mistakes. And that is probably the area that has the largest, most obvious mistakes that you can fix today. Then there's consistent content. I think consistent content drives, drives so much, like just putting out that proof. And even if you don't want to be your own personal brand or you don't want to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is, you need that proof. You have no idea how many people come to me who either have a ton of experience and nobody knows about it and all of these people with less experience are getting these opportunities or just like that, that is probably the biggest one actually. So consistent content does that or they've worked hard forever at a job, they've done great and then a manager or some kind of regime change happens and they have no proof of any of the work and the person who would be the one to, you know, let's say, talk about them or refer them is not going to do it because they don't like them. Like that happens so often. So it's like have your own back and content is the best way to have it because it's actual proof and then community. And that's the engagement piece. Growing on social or growing in general is about the engagement. When I talk to anybody who has hundreds of thousands or millions of followers on Instagram, it's always because they've strategically engaged authentically and like left real comments, not with bots or anything like actually gone in and kind of built those relationships. And you can do that strictly through comments. And what I love about LinkedIn specifically is that you can actually just grow through engagement. You technically don't even need to make content, but that's a conversation for, for later. Anyway, the biggest mistake I see is people, well, one, people just throw content out there sometimes and they don't engage with anyone and they just expect people to find it. But two, the real huge one is that clarity piece. So people like I'll go to somebody's bio and I'll have context on them and I wouldn't know anything about them that I've learned in person from going to their profile. Like they either think that's clear or that description, you see it on Instagram all the time. Like, let's say, you know, you work in PR, you do all this thing, this stuff. And I go to your profile and your profile bio says like dog mom and Libra and, you know, whatever foodie. It's like those things aren't translating. Who are you trying to talk to? 
I think people don't even think about about who they are and kind of dig into that self-awareness portion. So a huge part of clarity and getting clear on your brand is asking yourself those questions about who you are and why you do what you do and who you actually want to be talking, talking to. Like people don't even think about the basics. Like we can just strip it down to the basics and that's like, that's what it is. And if you can communicate that to the people that you've decided you want to talk to through just even your bio, that takes care of a lot for you. Do you think that people have problems with the communication part just because they don't know any better? Yes, and also not they don't practice. So something I talk about a lot is, and I get asked about a lot, is developing your voice. The reason I started developing my voice was because, well, frankly, because I needed to write in Gary's voice. And as I was writing in Gary's voice, I realized I had opinions and I had things to say on the same exact stuff that I was writing for him in his voice. So I started putting my opinions out there and people need to exercise that. It's a muscle, but it doesn't, the problem is people get so precious about it and they're worried about judgment and all of these other excuses that run through their heads, that they're not an expert. And you know, what if so-and-so says whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I know the things that we post on the internet kind of, they say they live forever, but really in the time span, because we are inundated with so much content, you need to get those reps in. Like that's what it is. You, you, and that's also, like I said, why I love LinkedIn, because you can practice, let's say you post three times a week and it's just based on, you have three thoughts a week on whatever you do for a living. And there's going to be, let's say three different news articles related to your industry. Read, consume one piece of valuable content. Let's say it's a New York Times article around your podcasting if you're a podcaster around podcasting and then think, what do I actually think about this and give your thoughts? Like it's literally practicing your own thoughts and it doesn't need to be a big deal. One think more people thing. just, yeah, no, one go more, for it. One more thing on clarity before we move on to mm-hmm. creating content, because I was, um, I was totally not doing this right. And I had no idea. And that's because I have, a couple of different business models. I have a PR agency where I work with big business owners and they understand the importance of earning media coverage without spending money on ads. And when I talk to them, they just see ROI and they're ready to buy. And then I was getting all of these messages. People were sliding into my DMs saying, teach us how you do this. I can't hire an agency, but teach us how you do this. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll teach you. Here's an online course. And I would explain it to them the same way and they weren't getting it. And they were Mm -hmm. like, having the mindset issues because they're a solopreneur and they're like, Oh, I got to spend a thousand dollars on this. I don't know. So it's like, I'm speaking one way to these bigger businesses and to the solopreneur, I almost have to go mindset and all like psychological on them and talk to them about the importance of investing in their business. And it was like two totally different messages to get to the same outcome because I'm talking to two different people with two different mindsets. Oh, completely. And that's, I mean, that's pretty common, especially in the thought leadership space, depending on, you know, who actually is paying, let's say your primary bill payers are these more corporate folks. And that's what drives your business and who you really want to be speaking to the majority of your content and your, your branding and the way you position yourself should be positioned toward them. And then there is this secondary audience who does look to you and they're like, I want, you know, I want those skills. I'm obviously not you know, this corporate client, but I think you can teach me something. 
And yeah, you actually brought, you're doing it exactly right where you're learning how to speak to them. The question is if that ever, if you want that to become your primary, if that makes sense. So each platform you need to do what's native to the platform. I'm just considering, you know, LinkedIn for this, but it's a lot about, like you just said, doing your homework. Like you realize because you were speaking to them and you said this about, um, you asked what the mistake is about people not knowing like who their audience is or how to reach them. If they're not responding or if you're talking to people who you think would be your ideal audience and they're not understanding it, it's okay to like tweak it along the way. So then your profile could be talking to these more corporate people and skewed toward them. But at the bottom, it's like if you're an individual, like here's content that will help you, you know, at this at this rate. You know, I know that in the solopreneur space, depending on who you want to target, there are a lot of money mindset issues and it's completely different. That is a completely different audience, but I think you need to generally start by picking a lane first. And that's just for most people. Like you've gotten, you got known for something first and then all these other people are attracted to you anyway. And I think that's what people panic is they panic about talking to everyone or talking to both groups all of the time. That second group was attracted to you for a reason. And if that's not where your heart and everything is right now, you don't need to focus on, on serving them right now. Like they're going to get served anyway through this other content that you're creating because your worlds aren't unrelated, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Okay, so let's move on to creating consistent content. Obviously, mm-hmm. I feel like I got I to gotta give myself props. I'm good at this and I think I'm good at this because I'm like a crazy batcher and I'm very organized and I'm like OCD about the way things are and I think that helps me. But I do know a lot of people struggle with this um, so how can people get better at being consistent with their content creation? I mean, obviously the more, the more organized of a person you are and the more you can actually block off, you know, a time on a weekend to actually be creative and, and schedule things out the better, but people, so this is an issue that I come across a lot with people when it comes to content is they think that every post needs to be completely new and different. But what happens a lot and what I learned from basically from working at Vayner was I would watch, let's say, a 30 minute Gary talk from that. I knew I could pull at least at least two video clips, one large article and 10 image quotes, no matter what. Like I could walk away with that. and I could put them and optimize them on all platforms like you have content. If you even sit down and write one blog post, like let's say I'm putting out a episode tomorrow on like the top seven excuses that you need to ditch today, you know, that are holding you back. Each of those seven excuses is its own, is probably multiple Instagram posts, is multiple LinkedIn posts. Not everyone sees also your content all of the time. Like even if you post about, let's say you post about one of those excuses, or I post about not being an expert tomorrow, just because a few people saw it tomorrow doesn't mean the same people, like I can't take a twist on that next week. And it doesn't mean that those same people will see the post that I post the next week. Like you can start dissecting, dissecting things. So I would, and also, like I said, with LinkedIn, at least if it's super hard for you to like sit down and think, Oh, what's a good, you know, catchy blog post. That's an SEO friendly title. Just start with industry news. That is the easiest, most basic thing. Look at other people's content, share it and give an additional thought, give a hat tip to those people and be like, Hey, this person tagged them, wrote this awesome post, and it got me thinking. 
and then give your thought. Like it really can be low pressure. Start with, you know, three pieces, three ideas that you have a week on whatever it is you do. And one of those can be an article, two can be original thoughts. And you'll start building from there. Once you start even kind of get getting going a little bit, like I'm talking one to two sentences, you are going to start having more ideas. And just save them on your phone. If you're walking around throughout the day, I get a lot of ideas. I'm one of those shower people or driving people or when I'm just walking around or doing cardio. I have, I can't tell you how many iPhone notes I have of just content ideas. Like they just start coming out. And so just getting started. Three thoughts a week, people. That's it. That's easy. That's easy to put into the calendar and schedule. Okay, this last piece, the engagement piece. I Mm -hmm. feel like this is, I mean, there's a difference between easy and simple. I feel like this is the easy thing to do, but it's not simple. And I feel like it's not simple because it's time consuming and nobody wants to take the time to do it. Is that right? Yes. And I think, again, it's another thing where people are so daunted by the fact that, oh my gosh, I need to be doing all of this stuff. It's like, no, you're, and this is always such a crude example, but you waste time in the bathroom. Like you're scrolling on your phone, like take those five minutes and engage with people. Like it really doesn't take that much effort. Like, you know who you want to be following you on Instagram. You know who you want to be connecting with on LinkedIn. And when it comes to that sort of thing, people just kind of throw out these requests. If you take a minute and actually read someone's profile and can personalize it, if this person is active at all on LinkedIn, they're going to accept it. Or even like the follow, let's say you follow someone, you want them to follow you back or whatever it is. You need to consume their content and engage with like leave a meaningful comment that shows that you actually read it. I think that's the, just the mistake that people make. It's like, why would anyone give their time to you if you won't give it to them? And it doesn't need to be again, like it really doesn't need to be a heavy lift. I'm talking five to 10 minutes a day. If you can do 20 minutes a day, like just, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, you're wasting the time anyway. I know it. Like (laughs) you can't lie to me. You're on your phone. Like I know what you're doing. You're just scrolling. So why don't you take that time and actually, you know, consume a small caption and leave them, leave a comment. So to me, it's, it's a no brainer, but it, it takes building up that, I guess that routine. But for those people, I would say like, five minutes a day, five minutes, five minutes, consume like at least two pieces of content from people that you're interested in connecting with and actually consume a few pieces of their content, like go to their profile, take a look. We have so much access to information and resources. A big part of what I do, you know, teach people how to do is to engage strategically. The people that you want, Yes, you can build the brand that helps them search for you and find you. That's great. Like you want to create that inbound, but it makes outbound so much easier because they give you all that information. People who are posting content, you can go and look up all of the recent podcasts, all the people I've interviewed. Like, you know what's going on in my personal life if you if you look me up. There's so many connection points. You know where I went to school. There's so many things you can do and say to get a response if you need one or to get me to follow you or to get me on your podcast or any of those things. I think we, we started this relationship because of Twitter and it it just doesn't take, I don't know how much effort that took you, but it probably didn't take you that much to follow me and maybe like a few tweets and then send me a DM. Yeah. It's not that hard. (laughs) It just takes, like you said, it just takes a couple of minutes. And I feel like a lot of 
a lot of people, they want to automate a lot of the stuff that shouldn't be automated like this. I, I always with clients, I, when I was taking on more one-on-one stuff, that was always my thing. That was something that was true with like a Gary and a Marie and all of those people I worked with too. If the, this account is leaving a comment, it is you. It is not anybody else. It is not the team. The team can respond from their own team account or from their own personal account. Make sure out of all of the things that the engagement is you. And the other thing that people love to outsource is voice. I know so many people just want, you know, they're like, oh, well, somebody else can write about, you know, industry news or whatever it is. No, like you need to develop your voice. The reason people are coming to you or will come to you is because they want your specific take on it. And when you're hiring different people and you don't have that honed in voice, you're going to get the voice of the copywriters or the people you hire and people aren't going to know what you actually offer. The reason why people like a Gary or even like a Marie can scale themselves is because their voice is so concrete now. Like I know what Gary's going to say before like, I don't even need to ask him a question because I know, He's like I've been in fuck. his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, and so because you know, that's easier. And he, and just in general, if you are ever outsourcing, this is something I tell people all the time, please, 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 at least, at very least, just review the copy and tweak anything that doesn't sound like you to make it sound like you. I always, I call it the text test. You, I'm sure you've, we've all been in the situation where you text somebody and then you get a text back and it's off. You're like, are you sick? Are you okay? And most of the time it's like, oh, I was in the car. So I had so-and-so respond, but you know, when it's not the person and that's, that to me is always a red flag. So it should pass that test. People should know that it's you or feel like it's you. They sh- nobody should be able to tell the difference if it's you or, or somebody who works for you. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. This has been super duper helpful. <laughs> I'm so glad that you shared your three laws of branding because those are good freaking laws, like what not to do and then what to do to fix those mistakes that a lot of people are making. So Brittany, if people want to find out more about you, we are going to link to Beyond Influential. I got to share your Instagram because it's the bomb.com. Where else should people find Thank you? you? So everybody can find me at Brittany Crystal. So it's T-T-A-N-Y and then K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. I know people misspell it. Dot com. And I'm Brittany Crystal pretty much everywhere. I made myself super easy to find on the internet. So reach out. Branding tip. Make yourself super easy to find on the internet. (laughs) A (laughs) hundred percent. I will link to all of that information in the show notes. Thank you, Brittany. If people want to work with you, they can find out how at BrittanyCrystal.com. Yes. Like I said, super easy to find on the internet. Love it. And I respond to things, so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have subscribed to this podcast. If you have not, please tap that subscribe button. And I would also appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and a review because it does help. Apple Podcasts know that you're listening and you're liking what you're hearing. So tap that subscribe button, leave me a rating or a review if you are liking what you are hearing so far, and I will see you next week.